Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our flagship podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. We are flying by the seat of our pants tonight, guys. Basically, no show sheet. But we're professionals. So we'll have something out here for you guys. Colin, yeah, I was, you're, you're I was getting a little robe. nervous as like, uh, yes, I'm, I'm in my robe. I was getting nervous as like 9.30, 9.45 hit p.m. and it still didn't have the show sheet. So, Well, now you have it. I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. There's, uh, I, I don't have an exact number of exact word count on here, but um, I can get checking, it real He's checking quick. the word count, folks, as we're saying. Uh, 186 words. Ooh, that's more and than I thought. 186 words, and how much of that is the ad read? 72. Look at me go. So you got a little over 100 words on here. Look at me go. Yes. Well, you know, tonight's topics don't really need, you know, men, men, men a few words can can pull off what we're talking about here tonight, guys. So just to give you a little preview of what we got going on, we're doing a 2024 mock draft tonight, guys. We've got a lot of movement in the portal and stuff recently and all of that good stuff. We officially know who's in the draft. So we haven't done one of these mocks since the depth charts became a little bit more clear. So we are going to do a two-round 2024 mock draft tonight. That is going Devi mock draft. That's going to be uh, the overwhelming uh, large portion of the show. We are going to do some more freshman profiles. Um, and news is sparse this week. Um, so so not much news. But, but we've got you guys covered. And news will start coming out the next couple of weeks because some of the spring games have kicked off. Or not spring games, spring practices have kicked off. Any um any any um ones that you're really looking forward to right now, Colin? I think BYU's all there, New Mexico State or something. It's a, some real some real bar or great teams out there that are, you know, practicing as we well, speak. With BYU, I mean, you know, who's gonna replace Tyler Algier? That's something that's at least intriguing from a CFF perspective. Um because they I mean they have Puka Nasua. Mm-hmm. Um but you know Isaac Rex is still around, but mm-hmm. I think he is hurt. Uh, I think he's going to miss spring, if I remember correctly. So okay, so I said we were going to fly by the seat of our pants. I didn't mean this much, Colin. So let's uh, dial it back sorry. a little bit. Let's only give people information that we know is one hundred percent correct here. We I'm don't, like we don't 90... want the campus life reality on our tail. I'm like ninety. <laughs> um, I'm like ninety-five percent sure Isaac Rex is out for spring, and Jaron Hall is playing in spring, but that was a question mark. You still, the way you're talking with that inflection in your voice, leads me to believe that maybe you're not as sure as you're. You know, your your words say one thing, Colin, but your voice it says another. Uh, you know, words words are deceiving. I've, I've been watching a lot of telenovelas lately, in case you couldn't tell. All right, we're oh, going to lose yeah. the crowd here. Um, so maybe we just start jumping <laughs> right into this here. <laughs> How's that sound, Con? So, okay. <laughs> so this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, uh, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, Smoke Show, Triple Play Fantasy Podcast, and the Fantasy Points Podcast itself. You can follow all of these shows on one place on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or you can check out our uh, the weekly Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. As we said, guys, news is scarce this week, so the only thing I want to comment on here, if 
you want a year-long membership to campustocanton.com. A free, ooh, free. Everyone here's free, and all of a sudden, so I'll, free, I'll let that free, sink free, in for free. a second for anybody sitting at home listening to this here. If you want a free year-long subscription to campustocanton.com, guys, I have a way for you to do that. Get our nice freshman supplemental draft guide for free, and you can win money. Here's how we're going to do this, guys. Go to prizepicks, prizepicks.com. If you are not already a member, sign up for a membership there. Deposit at least $20 initially. You'll get a deposit match up to $100, but at least $20 gets you that free membership to campustocanton.com. And with it, obviously, the guide that is going out to all of our year-long subs. And I'm saying this now, guys. You're probably saying, well, it's not college. It's, 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 a, it's a website for those who don't know what PrizePix is. For all player props, that's all it is. And it has, it runs the gamut of sports, including esports, which isn't really sports, but we're not going to talk about that here tonight. The combine is coming up. They have combine props. Guys, I know it's been a couple hours since he's released, and it'll be obviously overnight by the time anybody gets to this. I still encourage you to go look at the combine props that they have up because they set these 40 lines so stinking low on the first pass through that it's basically giving away free money. Like it's not even a joke guys. I, I can like just looking at some of these, some of them have already gone up, but they still have guys like Malik Willis over under four, four, two forty Isaiah Spiller, a four, six. It was a four, five, probably not the value it used to be. Um, Rashad white at a four, four, six. Yeah. Not so sure. Traylon Burks, 4-4-1. Zamir White at a 4-5. Calvin Austin, a 4-3-3. Alec Pierce, a 4-3-9. They've got a lot of these guys really kind of at the tippy-tippy top of what they can possibly achieve running the 40 this week, guys. There's still a lot of money to be made there. So go ahead on there. Deposit at least $20. Bet a little bit of money on some of these player props. If you're in our Discord, we've posted some of our plays in there already. Um, Colin, you did you didn't get there in time, right? You missed out on the feeding bonanza that was the the drop half hour before all of these went up. I did, I did miss out on that. I was Monday night's my night to make dinner. So I what'd you make? Chicken making, tenders. No. Um, I made pot pie, but it was wow. frozen it, or like from scratch? No, it was a frozen one. Oh. Um, I made pot pie and mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's the carbiest dinner I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> we're we're carbo loading. We're I'm gonna run Apparently. a marathon. Did you run like, a marathon. eat them together or separate? Like once you put like, them on your plate, were you mixing this stuff together? What are we doing? How, how are oh, we eating? I mean, this? I didn't intentionally mix them together, but you know, if a little bit of pot pie got in the in the mashed potato or in the uh macaroni and cheese, then you know, so be it. I love listening to all the the the, the stuff that you cook. Um, it truly is inspiring. It makes me want to um, become a chef. Um, <laughs> good, good. You should. Yeah, yeah. All your dreams. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, guys. So go ahead, do that again. The promo code is C two C. Just letter C, number two, letter C, and that gets you that deposit. And we will uh, get you set up with that membership. All right. That You're is literally losing money not doing it. Yeah. You know. $20 in, you get a match, you get all of our stuff and the guide. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I wish the, I could do it. The membership I wish itself I is $29.99. So it's already mm -hmm. $9.99 off. Yeah. So I, I wish I could do it. Yeah. All right. 
on well, they also they have bench press on there too. I don't feel comfortable gambling on anybody's bench bench reps at the combine. So we we skipped that, but the 40 is one that, that we knew pretty well. All right. As we said, Colin, the bulk of this episode is going to be a 2024 mock draft. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I didn't sleep that well last night, maybe. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's this beer that I had, but I gave you first pick, buddy. You get to go first um in both rounds. So um, you know what, you go ahead and uh and make your first pick. And this is a Debbie draft. We're assuming it's a super flex league. We are assuming that it is tight end premium and that it is half PPR. Those are our parameters, and then we will post these squads on Twitter. We'll let you guys vote and let us know um who's a dummy and who's not. Maybe maybe we're both dummies. Maybe we'll put that as an option. I mean, yeah, I mean if that's that's most definitely the option there. Yep. Um first pick, I think. The first pick is very, very easily one of two people, uh, and it's fairly easy to me. Uh, I'm going to take Travion Henderson, running back, Ohio State, at the 1-1 here. Uh, like I said, really only one other guy that I was considering, uh, but Travion Henderson just feels like such a safe prospect at this time. Um you know, running backs don't typically go very high in the NFL draft anymore, but I think if his first year was um you know his first year this past year was any indication i think he's a, f- a very easy first round guy and he may even be one of the first running backs to go in the top 15 in the last couple years so i do think he has a claim for the 101 um certainly if you're basing it kind of on what we've seen now and projection i think you have to give it to him or at least lean that way um i will obviously play a little devil devil's advocate here um because what is this show without a little bit of um, good-natured ribbing between two two buddies that go way back? Um, <laughs> it's always good-natured, no matter what the people say, Colin. It always, was, always. Yeah, is. that was that was strong, strong words. So my problem—it's not a problem. Like we're nit, you nit, 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 pick these guys at the very, very top because they're all great. But when I compare Travion Henderson to Bijan Robinson. The reason that I still have Bijan Robinson, who's obviously an O3 player over Travion Henderson for C2C and Devi, is because I think we've seen Bijan kind of do it all stylistically. You know, if you need him to outrun somebody, he can do it. If you need him to lower the shoulder and get those tough, tough yards, he can do it. String together multiple moves. Obviously, working in the past game, he's excellent at it. We've kind of seen all of the different facets of Bijan. Um, in full display over his two years in college. And the issue that I have with Travion right now is that we still have not seen the level of physicality out of him that we've seen out of Bijan Robinson. That's not to say he can't do it. I just don't have a great idea if he can or not. Now, granted, with the level of athlete and mover he is, he could very well just be like LT. Like, Honestly, like we really that, that is very that is like very much like did you just comp did you just comp Travion Henderson to Ladanian Tomlinson? I'm just saying is, is Kevin Coleman listening to this because he's gonna be in your mentions. I'm just saying that would not be my like actual comp for him, but like if you if if I top my time machine 30 years in the future and you're like oh Travion and, and Ladanian Tomlinson had like very similar careers, like that would not be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> So, because he is that level of move, mover and that level of an athlete, and the way he kind of eliminates angles and stuff is is you know awe inspiring. But so that that is still why I still have him behind Bijan Robinson. And my comp mm-hmm. for Bijan, by the way, who I I just dropped 
uh, yesterday on Twitter. I kind of have a running thread as I redo my Debbie rankings here. It's basically a healthy Todd Gurley coming out of college. That that's kind of the 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 what could have been. I think that's kind of what Bijan is going to end up being. So, I I don't hate that at all. Um, I I completely agree with you. I I like Travion a lot. I do still have Bijan ahead of him. They are my one two in C two Cs. You know. Um, if you wanted to throw Bryce Young in there, I would entertain that argument, but that is literally it. Uh, it's it's really, really just Travion and Bijan. All right, so on to the 102, and I'm going to go with Quinn Ewers. I know this is a little bit of a bold pick. Quarterback transferred from Ohio State to Texas here this offseason because we haven't seen any Quinn Ewers, and we've seen some Caleb Williams, and obviously he was pretty dang good in his one year. Um, but I, this is a little bit of, you know, projecting forward. I just think Ewers as a thrower is the top 0.01% of people that I've ever seen throw a football. He reminds me so much of Aaron Rodgers, that quick flick of the wrist and that ball can go 60 yards without an issue. And it's accurate. He throws very well off platform. You know, he's not a, he's not Konami. He's not the mover Caleb Williams is, is but I just feel so good about him as a passer that, that um, his lack of rushing upside, let's call it, because he's not a you know statue, uh, doesn't bother me. So I'm going to go with Quinn Ewers here, and I I I did Debbie startup this offseason, and I took Quinn Ewers at the 103 or the 104 or something over some other guy over Caleb Williams. Um, so this is something that I am doing in real life as well. Um, I just like Ewers that much. Yeah, this was the other guy I was considering at the uh, at the one one. Um, you know, uh, this is. This is essentially a, a Debbie, like a 2024 mock for like what we think this class is going to be. You know, it's we're not really like looking at college fantasy production, although I think Quinn Ewers is going to have some very good college fantasy production. But I think Caleb Williams could have better college fantasy production just given the Konami factor with his legs. But I just feel so much better about Quinn Ewers projecting him to the NFL than I do Caleb Williams right now. Now that's not to say I don't think Caleb Williams is going to get drafted highly because I think he will. Uh, he performed early. He's going to perform at USC. So I think he will still get drafted very highly. Um, but I just, I, I agree with you. I think that highly of Quinn Ewers. So I would take him here. And I just, I feel like he is just the mold of a modern NFL quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Um, maybe slightly less of a runner than you'd want, but yeah, it's certainly not again, a statue either. All right, Colin, you have the one Oh three. What do you like here? Uh, this one. Yeah. The, the third option to also fairly easy for me. Give me Caleb Williams here. Uh, like I just said, I do feel pretty good about him. Um, having success at USC. I think if he has success at USC, you know, not in 2024, he gets taken in the top five, I think, of the NFL draft. So I do feel good about that. I still have some question marks about his ability to run an offense inside of structure. Um, you know, he did it at times last year, but he still is more of a, you know, hold on to the ball, um, kind of make something happen, move around, and then, you know, heave one deep. Um, he does have a lot of that tendency in his game still. So if I'm going to have a question mark about him, it's that. And at the NFL level, you do have to be able to run an offense within structure to have any sort of long-term 
future. So again, we're kind of nitpicking these guys at the top. This isn't me hating on Caleb Williams, but no, you were, you were hating. Caleb Williams is, is the one Oh three here for me. Hate, 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 hate. Um, yeah, I don't hate it, especially in a super flex. You know, obviously the value of quarterback is, is boosted. And I think he's the obvious QB one or at worst QB two in a class. So, um, yeah, not not a problem there. Um, so it comes back to me, and this is a, a tough spot here. I think there's a bunch of different directions I'm thinking about going. Give me another running back here. Give me like give me Will Shipley. That's the direction I want to go. Running back at Clemson. Took over the job this year at Clemson after uh, five games, I believe, and then got injured, was kind of dinged up, came back late in the year, and reestablished himself as the guy there. Uh Average five yards to carry, eleven touchdowns, uh, sixteen receptions on the year. So obviously he's he's kind of a you know can can do the receiving part of things as well. And why I have him over Braylon Allen, who's actually you know not my even my RB three in the class, um, is I the versatility of some of these guys. The NFL just values that versatility so much at running back nowadays. It's very very hard to be. You can be an amazing two down guy, and I still think it's really, really hard for you to be an elite option for fantasy and you know for the NFL, uh, if that's the case. And I just think Shipley, with his size already over 200 pounds, a 5'11, he's got some framed bulk a little bit. I think he can be in an excellent three down running back in the NFL. Like, I think he could be, you know, depending on how much bigger he gets, a, a will or a, yeah, will forte, the actor, uh, a Matt Forte. <laughs> type of running back like uh, you know close to a thousand a thousand guy like i really really think that's kind of the upside that he has obviously in a half ppr format that matters and so yeah will shipley running back clemson uh is the guy here for me at the 104 i think that was another another very good pick there i think the top four are pretty locked in i think that some order of this some variation of this you're gonna see uh, in pretty much all top four drafts or uh, top four to, for the class of 2024 where it gets interesting here, five, uh, two guys here that I'm really considering. There's a third that's in the conversation. Um, do it, Colin, do it, do something crazy, but I'm going to game theory this out a little bit and I'm going to take Marvin Harrison. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, you <laughs> theory and piece of crap <laughs> i knew uh i know he's he's one of your guys um i also do think that highly of him um so i'll take marvin harrison jr here you know for the 2024 class jsn's gonna be gone but i think marvin harrison's gonna have a big year this year and i think then in 2024, he's going to very clearly be the guy. And I think he and Devin Brown are going to have a lot of fun in 2024 in that Ohio State offense. But he checks a lot of boxes for what you're looking for in a wide receiver prospect. And I, I feel very good about him here. Plus, I knew you wanted, you would want him at your pick. Yep, Harrison was where I was going to go. Um, I've been on record many, many times on the show saying that I think at the end of the day, Marvin Harrison ends up being the wide receiver one from this class, not Xavier Worthy, although I think Xavier Worthy is obviously a very good prospect in his own right. Um, that's just how much I think of Marvin Harrison. You know, he's got ideal size. He's a great mover. We finally saw him unleashed in that bowl game. Granted, they were playing basically you and me out there. It's like the scout team 
the DB is even lower than that. So, you know, take some of it with a grain of salt, but um, he's going to be a starter at Ohio state next year. That matters a lot there for his development, for his production. And then I think for his draft upside as well. Um, so that's how that, that, that is where I would have gone. All right. So it's back to me. This is probably a spot where I don't really like being in this kind of, I'd probably perceive this as a little bit of a cutoff here right now. Maybe not a full tier break, but um, you know, definitely a difficult spot. I'm going to go Donovan Edwards Ooh, running okay. back at Michigan. Um, he, what basically what I said about Will Shipley is basically what I think of Donovan Edwards. Like these guys that are just versatile, that can basically be, you know, split out as wide receivers at times can, can do a lot of different things, have a three down skill set, and then have the frame again to be, you know, kind of carry the load between the tackles. I think Donovan Edwards can certainly be that guy. Uh, it came on at the end of the year was obviously behind Haskins and Corum. So it was difficult for him to get touches there early. Um, but I mean, he had that huge receiving game. Uh, uh, what he had like 11 catches for 170 something yards or something like that. He had that really long touchdown. Um, my computer is completely froze. <laughs> had had, I mean, less than 200 yards on the year. Not like, you know, a phenomenal showing from a, a pure volume aspect, but 20 catches for 265 yards and a touchdown as a true freshman at Michigan. Like, yeah, I think he's got the frame. He's over 200 pounds again, six feet. I think he can get up to 210, 212 pretty easily. I think this guy just has a three down skill set and projecting these guys forward. I do like it's pretty close between him and Braylon Allen. And I think Braylon Allen is the better runner right now. But give me the guy that I think can still develop those skills a little bit and still and, and has the natural pass catching ability because that's the one that's harder to teach, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like so you can only teach these guys to, to improve as pass catchers so much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I like that pick there. Uh it's not the direction I thought you were gonna go, but I don't hate that at all. Where did you think uh, I was gonna go? I thought you were gonna go here. Um, who I'm gonna take at this spot, uh, and that is uh Xavier Worthy. So that is the other wide receiver on here that we've been talking about a little bit. Um, I do think that he is in for a massive year here at Texas with uh, Quinn Ewers at the helm. I think that's only going to improve his draft stock. He's going to have he's going to be Quinn Ewers' number one guy there for two years, and then I think he dips. Um, but I think he's also going to be a guy who's going to be looking at some some very high end NFL draft capital there. You know, he did it early and often as a freshman here. Uh, The biggest knock I have on him is his size. Um, We are caring a little bit less about wide receiver size now uh, than we used to. So it's not a huge deal, um, but it is enough to separate him and Marvin Harrison Jr. for me. Yeah, I mean, he is slight, but again, I think, you know, we've looked a lot at this on a bunch of different, you know, a bunch of different people at campus to can't end elsewhere. I've looked into this recently and there's not much of a correlation between size and, and success in the NFL. Once you get there, you know, it, it's just supposing that you get the draft capital. Um, it, it's likely that you probably, the size probably doesn't matter too much for a lot of these guys. Anyway, um, I, I like worthy. I do think, you know, people want to cite his basically a hundred percentile freshman uh, production score, especially as it relates to like weighted dominator and some of these things I would caution being so far above the threshold. Honestly, at some point just becomes useless. I, it doesn't necessarily project that you're going to be more successful 
in the NFL. So saying a guy had 100% uh, production uh, profile as a, as a true freshman or a sophomore or whatever um, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be 25% better, you know, expected to, to be better in the NFL than the guy that was at 75% or something like that, assuming that still crosses um, the threshold, which it does. So um, just something to kind of keep in mind uh, there for a guy like Worthy. I uh, don't want to double count kind of uh, some of the stuff that he's done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I will then go Braylon Allen with my next pick. I'm, you know, I'm a little surprised he fell this far and definitely some other guys that I would consider going here, but I, th- I think he did probably deserves it. Listen, I mean, as a 17 year old kid and yeah, we all know he was 17 last year. Wait, what? Oh, you didn't know that Braylon Allen was 17 last year. Yeah. Oh, crazy. geez. How did he like reclassify or something? Or I think did he, he was he really smart and skipped the grade. I don't know that it was that one. No. Um, not that I think he's an idiot. I just <laughs> don't think you heard it here first. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, a true freshman last year to go in there, 186 carries, 1,268 yards, 12 touchdowns. He did have eight catches. He doesn't look fully comfortable catching the ball though. In my opinion, at least he looks like, okay, doing it. Um, certainly not. Doesn't excel at it. He took that job in the Illinois game. Really? Uh, it took took that backfield over, and, and from there on out, had double digit carries in every single game, and only you know missed a hundred yards one time. Now, granted, he was barely over two other times, but I mean, eighteen for one thirty one, sixteen for one hundred eight, fifteen for one twenty nine, twenty five for one seventy three. I mean, the guy kind of ran through everything that was in his way. How many really good rushing defenses did he face? Not a ton, and the ones that he did, the one that he did face that was super top tier was Minnesota, and he did absolutely nothing in that game. So maybe a little bit of cause for concern there, but I mean, he again, he's he's got the frame. He's six two two thirty eight. Actually, like to see him lose a little bit of weight, get down to like two twenty five, two thirty, even two thirty would be would be acceptable. I just don't think he needs to be up at two forty ish, which he definitely was at last year. Um, I think he has three down upside but i'm very hesitant to say that i still think that he like his best case scenario granted this is a very very good scenario is derrick henry but there aren't a lot of guys that hit that it's it's probably more likely that he's like an aj Dillonish kind of guy which is still again a very good prospect and a very good player but not one without problems and not a guy that you think just automatically steps in day one for an nfl franchise and gets the keys to their backfield and runs with it from there so that is kind of my concern with Braylon Allen. I I don't I don't necessarily doubt that he gets to the NFL. It's going to be weight management issue. Does he develop a three down skill set, and does he kind of showcase enough as an athlete where he can go somewhere and be trusted to, to run a backfield by himself? I'm not sure. We'll know the answers to those things for another year or two. So this it, it, taking him this early could be a bad investment for you if some of those questions end up becoming uh, resoundingly no. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that you said that Derek Henry is in his range of outcomes is, is, uh, is, is, is pretty incredible. Um, you know, it just speaks to his overall level of talent. So getting him at this spot, I think is, is fantastic. Um, I was considering him there where, where I took worthy. Um, but, I just I, I just feel a little bit better about worthy there because some of the concerns that you mentioned with Braylon Allen. Um and this spot here, this is a tough one for me. Um 
because it's a little bit of a teardrop here. Um, it's not a huge one, but I'm going to take uh, another wide receiver here. Uh, I'm going to take Joe wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, he played well last year in, in, you know, he got on the field as a true freshman. He played well, he looked good. Then he ended up getting hurt. Um, but I do think that, you know, with it'll be him and Burton, we expect to take on the outside. You know, we're not 100% sure who he's going to fill the other role, like we talked about, like I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Um, probably to Corey Brooks. But JoJo Earl is the one that I feel has the safest role there in the slot. And I think he's going to have a, a really nice year this year. And Bama wide receivers just get drafted in the first round. So. I think Jojo Earl could easily be the next one in, in 2024. Earl over Brooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel better and safer about Jojo Earl. I think um, Jacory Brooks probably has the higher ceiling just given his size and he has that alpha, alpha skill set. But uh, I, I think Jojo Earl is, is very explosive. I think he can have... This isn't a one-for-one -one player comp, obviously, or anything like that, but I think he can have a, a Jalen Waddle-esque um, type of an impact hmm. uh, on an offense from a, a slot wide receiver position. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, so we've hit the point in this draft where there's everybody probably has a pro like an issue with their profile. Mm -hmm. You know, in one way, they you know they were really highly touted last year, but didn't really play at all. Or you know, maybe they did play and they didn't look great. Or you know, we're not sure what the situation is like right now, or, or something else. So let, let's go with Jackson Dart. I think here, I think he's finally slid enough. Can't let him that go. Was, that was the other guy I was considering over Earl. Don't let him go any further. Or why well, I was put USC here, and I, I don't. I I'm I strictly just don't listen to chris moxley on this one of the you know uh, guys <laughs> that works with us at campus to canton smart guy we 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 had butt about strategy and team building quite a bit um, so it's not surprising to me that we have different evaluations on jackson dart i'm not a fan of using uh, things like qbr to project some of these guys forward because the the r squared on some of these you know the, the predictability um or, or like the 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 pr well, what is the what is the word I'm looking for? I don't even freaking know. I'm tired man. Um, <laughs> it's just not really there for a lot of these quarterback stats. Like it's it's not great. I think quarterback evaluation. You know, not that I'm like so good at it. I question everything I ever think about quarterbacks pretty much on a daily basis all the time. I'm never really sure about any of these guys. But I thought Dark looked pretty good last year for a true freshman. You know basically pushed Keaton Slovis out of there would have been the starter all basically all year starting in like game four. If he hadn't torn his meniscus in that first game that he played and played very, very well. And um, they, they did that BS rotating after that. Once he came back with Slovis getting like a drive and then dart getting a drive, which is like the least conducive thing to developing a young quarterback ever. I don't know what the heck that staff was doing. But yeah, I, you know, they were gone and they knew they were gone. <laughs> like, honestly, he reminds me a lot in college again. And this was a player that ended up being a very good prospect. And, you know, maybe things in the NFL, they gone a little differently. We keep talking differently. He reminds me a little bit of Sam Darnold in college. He really, really does. A guy that kind of stepped in there early. And again, it was at USC, similar builds and kind of just 
didn't know to be afraid. I think that's kind of the player mm-hmm. Jackson Dart is. He is a little bit of a gunslinger at heart. He is a little bit of a risk taker. He does like to push the ball downfield. But I don't think he's reckless a lot of the time. I think him going to Ole Miss here, pairing up with Lane Kevin's going to be a really good thing because I think you could have said the same things about Matt Corral a couple of years ago, except for I think you probably would have said that he's reckless. You know, like it, it's a little bit on a lesser scale. And again, I, 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 he probably doesn't have the tools that Corral has, but I think this is a really good spot for him to go to develop a little bit. He takes Michael Trigg with him there, so he'll have some familiar weapons. They do have some other guys there. Um, I expect some big things out of him. I still think he can be a top 10 NFL draft pick at the end of the day. Um, So I think he is my QB3 in the class still pretty squarely. Uh, It's a pretty big drop off there in terms of what we've seen so far at this point. Yeah, that was the other guy I was considering um, at the spot where I took Earl. Uh, No game theory involved in this one. Because, I mean, I don't think you would have taken Earl where I took him. But, um, no, I, I like Dart a lot. I have some questions about him. I like his skill set. I do think he can develop into a first-round QB talent. Uh, you know, I think he's kind of already there. For uh, at least in terms of, like, talent and and um, tools. You know, we'll see if he can put it all together. But my next pick here, this one's this one's a little bit tougher for me. But... Um, I've gone three wide receivers straight, so I'm not going to take a fourth. Uh, I'm going to take Raheem Sanders here. Uh, Raheem Sanders running back out of Arkansas. He, this might be a little bit early for him. Uh, I think you might have some people be like, well, you know, that's, that's a little high for him, but man, I mean, he's, he's, I should have pulled the the measurables up here, but he's like six one, six foot, two twenty, two twenty five. You know, he's a big guy. They call him Rocket. He's fast. He's got good speed. He was an athlete. They were thinking about playing him at wide receiver, so he catches the ball well. Uh, you know, that just checks three huge boxes. But on top of that, Arkansas. I think we're about to see a big year from him this year at Arkansas. Arkansas loses Traylon Burks, who was the focal point of their offense. They also lose Traylon Smith. He transfers out. So I think it's really going to be Raheem Sanders and A.J. Green in that backfield. Um, and Raheem Sanders doesn't even necessarily need a lightning compliment to him, but he can definitely bring the thunder here. Um, so size, speed, pass-catching ability, a big year coming in the SEC. Give me Raheem Sanders. Yeah, SEC back, probably split the backfield next year. So maybe, you know, at some point there's some questions as to whether he actually is a three-down guy or, you know, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane a little bit. But I do really like Sanders. Um, It's going to be really fascinating to see what settles in. I think the top four running backs at this point, maybe even not, there might be some debate, um, are are fairly settled in at this point in 2024. And then there's a whole basket of names, Sanders, um, some other guys we'll talk about here, LJ Johnson, Devin Neal, you know, lots of different names, but it's, so I think Sanders as is every, every bit of the chance, um, uh, to be that next guy and, and possibly even jump one of the guys in front of him. So the one twelve, we are at the last pick of the first round. I actually, I'm a little surprised this guy has fallen this far. Cause I really don't think he should have, uh, let's go with Jojo Earl's teammate at, at Alabama, Corey Brooks. That's the other guy I was going to take there. and But I took three wide receivers in a row. One of them was a Bama guy. Well, well, I mean, set up a minute. Brooks, the boundary guy. I mean, there are some questions there. Is he actually, you know, going to end up being the starter there? 
uh, we we presume Jermaine Burton, who transferred there from from Georgia, will be the the wide receiver one on the on the boundary there. Um, JoJo probably in the slot, we think. So it, it does it end up being Corey Brooks? Is it a Jai Hall? Is it somebody else? Is Trayshawn Holden? I I don't think he's that level of an athlete, but he's got some seniority there. Is it one of the freshmen? They bring in like seven guys in this class. It's a stupid big class. Uh, or does somebody like Christian Leary? I, I don't think he's a boundary guy, but I mean, there, there's options out there. We'll see what ends up happening. I think it's more likely than not that Brooks does end up being that guy. So then the next question is going to be, can't does he separate enough? Is he athletic enough? I think he probably is. I think he's going to be like a low four fives guy, uh, 40 wise when all is said and done. Um, like there, there are just a lot of questions, but at this point in the draft, you know, after one year, projecting some of these guys a little difficult um and brooks obviously has really nice size and and stepped up last year when when they had no other options so um i'll take him with the 112 and he could end up being ranked even higher in the class when all is said and done just because of that size yeah absolutely I, I completely agree with that i think that's a great spot to take him there um for all the reasons you said i mean he's he has a, a very high ceiling if, if he can put it all together Man, second round here. And just so, Colin, we, we reached the end of round one just to recap real quick okay. the first round. Get all the names here in one place. We went 101, Travion Henderson, running back Ohio State. Or 102, Quinn Ewers, quarterback Texas. 103, Caleb Williams, uh, quarterback USC. Will Shipley, running back Clemson at the 104. 105, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver Ohio State. Uh, 106, Donovan Edwards, running back Michigan. 107, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver Texas. 108, Braylon Allen, running back Wisconsin. 109, JoJo Earl, wide receiver Bama. Jackson Dart, quarter, quarterback Ole Miss at 110. Raheem Sanders, running back Arkansas at 111. And Ja'Cory Brooks, bring it home for the first round at 112. Wide receiver Alabama. Colin, now we'll go back to you. Lead us off what you got here at the 201. The 201, um, man, uh, this is a tough one here, but I there's not really a, a quarterback that I like here. Um, uh, you know, the, the quarterback class has yet to be shaken out because these guys were just freshmen last year. So there's a lot of, that we haven't seen from some of these guys. I like some potential, but not enough to take them here. Um, so give me... Uh, Yet another wide receiver. So I'm glad I didn't take uh, Ja'Cory Brooks because I would just be all wide receivers here. Not that these are one team, but still. Um, give me a Mecca Egbuka, the other wide receiver at Ohio State. Uh, I think there's a good chance he gets on the field a good amount this year. You know, it's going to depend on whether they keep JSN in the slot, whether they move him out of the slot as far as exactly what, how much Egbuka sees the field this year. But he was the number one wide receiver in his class, uh, you know, at the 24-7 as a recruit. Now, I don't necessarily think he's going to end up there. He's probably not even going to end up as the wide receiver one in his class on his own team because of Marvin Harrison Jr. But that doesn't mean Mecca Egbuka is not talented. I think Emeka Egbuka is likely a slot guy, but I think he can play outside if you need him to. Uh, I think so. I think he's got a lot of versatility there, and he just has this a smooth skill set that I like out of wide receivers here. 
it's going to take probably another year for him to break out, but I think 2024 will be the year you see him have a big year. And then he can just go off to the NFL with his, with his buddy. Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. Yeah. You think so? Mm-hmm. He can, he could do that. I, I do wonder how quickly he gets the job there this year. Yes. Okay. I, I am very interested to see that because again, I think there's you're going to run into an issue with him where I do not think Emeka Buka is a boundary guy. Like I, I, I don't think he's capable of it. That might be harsh because we've mm-hmm. not really seen a lot of him, but that's just what I've gathered. I don't think Ohio State wants to use him that way either. I don't so think they him, want to. So for him to play, you have to move JSN outside. So that like the calculus becomes more than just plug him in for Julian Fleming, assuming that he is not very good again in 2022, which I think is a decent bet to make. Um, so it, it does complicate things for him a lot. Mm-hmm. And do you, how do you feel about him if he doesn't, like if he's behind JSN and they do rotate their guys there a lot, but JSN's going to play as many snaps as they can get. Like, does your opinion of him fade a little bit if, if by year three he really hasn't done that much because he can't play boundary? Um it fades it a little bit, but it's not going to change it that much because if it was like any other school, then yeah, sure. Any other school besides Bama or Ohio State, sure. But these the wide receivers that they bring in year in and year out is just stupid. You know, like this Ohio State room this past year is basically the Alabama wide receiver room from like two or three years ago where they had. Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, Devonta Smith, um, you know, all those guys. So it doesn't really change it that much for me. You know, at some point you have to say, well, if the guy was that good, he would have, you know, earned some playing time. And he did. He did earn playing time. He earned some. And I think he's going to have some next year as well. Um, I am ready to temper the expectations in the. Uh, possibility the potentially strong possibility that they want to keep JSN in the slot um, and that Egbuka is not as capable of an outside receiver uh, so they would likely go with Julian Fleming at least for a little while so I'm prepared for him to have a, a bit of a disappointing year this year but it really really just takes one big year from a wide receiver at Ohio state or Alabama to get drafted in the first round. And I think that Emeka Egbuka with a big year in 2024, it can still be a first round NFL draft wide receiver. Fair enough. Um, I, I don't want to say I'm fading him. I'm slightly skeptical. I, I'm, I, I want to see what happens at Ohio state this year, which means I'm probably not buying too much of him. Um, but, but definitely has the potential to be a nice steal there. Um, so I guess I guess I'll go with Devin Neal at this point. Um, I I really like Devin Neal. He, I mean, I think you know we did a pretty good job at the site last year of hyping this kid up. He was a three yeah. star. Uh, we we all I think pretty much had him as a top ten. Uh, some of us even higher back in the class, and and he definitely played like that this year. Five eleven, two oh eight, two ten ish. Uh, so he's got the frame. He's a really, really good athlete. If you see him with some of the athletic stuff that he posts on, you know, his Instagram or his Twitter or whatever, like there's videos of him out there doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So really, really good athlete, very good football player as well. I, I have very few questions about 
his his game. He's from Kansas. He's basically from right 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 down the street. So that's how Kansas ended up with him. It's not that he wasn't you know good enough to go elsewhere. Uh, he he kind of just stayed closer to home. Seven hundred yards as a true freshman. There eight touchdowns. Some in the receiving game. Seven catches. But like I don't think that offense could really support much of anything. So. Um, I'll, I'll withhold some judgment there, although I think he's probably a pretty good pass catcher. With the offensive system they have there, you think, you know, Lance Leipold, he's probably going to get some nice work over the next couple of years. They did just bring in Kai Thomas to transfer from Minnesota, who will obviously his his uh, share of the backfield a little bit, but, but they like to run the ball if they can. 400-plus times a year, so definitely some touches to go around. Um, will the NFL like him? I think it's going to be a question mark for him in, in a pure Debbie league going to Kansas splitting a backfield in an offense that if I had to bet is probably never going to be very good while he's there. I think these are all questions surrounding him that aren't necessarily his fault, but the NFL does take notice and, and they can really uh, hurt a player's profile. But I think, you know, in terms of athletic ability and skill set, he is I, like Sean Tucker at Syracuse, like, you know, very similar situations. So it'll be interesting whatever happens with Tucker. In 2023, I think we can kind of take some notes there uh, for Devin Neal uh, in 2024. Um, and I, I like him. So, you know, the 202, uh, not a bad spot there for him. I think it's a really interesting comment there um, comparing his situation to Sean Tucker's situation. Um, that's not really one that I considered before, but I like that. That is definitely going to be telling. Uh, I have zero problem with him there. I like Devin Neal a lot. Um I mean, I think at this point, I got to take another wide receiver. We'll take Mario Williams, wide receiver from USC. Um, I'm saying all of these guys have a chance to be first-round wide receivers, and there's so many guys here that I've said that about that there's no way they're all first-round wide receivers, you know, unless that class – I mean, as we've taken what? One, two, three, four, five, six wide receivers. So – is it possible to have six wide receivers? Yes. Is it likely? No. Um, and I think Mario Williams is the least likely out of the group that we've taken so far to become a first round wide receiver with the possible exception of a Mecca Egbuka, depending on how the 2024 year shakes out. But he's at uh, USC. You know, big school, big program. Our, our eyes are going to be on him. He's going there with his coach from last year, with his quarterback from last year. It's going to be the same scheme, same system. He already has rapport built up. So while that wide receiver room is a little bit of a log jam, I think Mario Williams is the one guy that you can pencil into a fairly safe role. I think he will serve a similar function that offense that he did this past year. Uh, and and that's kind of like a minimum. I think he could have a big year this year. Um, but I, I do think you're looking at the same situation he was in last year. And if he puts up two more years like that, um, you know, and just keeps incrementally getting better. Uh, his speed is, is another thing that could get him drafted in the first round as well. So marriage of, of a situation there. And I think he could be a first round guy. So I'll take him here. Plus, there's not really any other running back that I would consider at this point. There's a lot of really fun players on the list here at this point. There uh, are, but they all have their flaws. Yeah, well, a lot of them haven't really played too much yet. So right. I'll go for my money. Give me LJ Johnson here, running back at Texas A&M. 
probably figured he's going to step right into the role left behind by Isaiah Spiller and compliment Devin Achain there at Texas A&M. Um, I mean, Johnson was the RB3 in the class. I think we had him pretty much universally as the RB3 behind Shipley and Travion last year. 5'10", 210-ish probably. Um, good athlete. Again, probably not elite. But, uh, you know, he might be in that Isaiah Spiller, possibly slightly better as an athlete type class. So it's a, it's a natural marriage there. Uh, with the Aggies, uh, 21 carries last year, like basically never touched the field because it's such a deep backfield. But I, I think this kid has a rule. I think there are going to be some questions about him. Top end speed, again, comps very favor- favorably physically to Isaiah Spiller, in my opinion. Like I think they're going to have some of the same issues. Um, is he a pass catcher like Spiller is? We just don't know yet. So that's going to be intriguing to see if they use him at all in that way this year because um, they were willing to use Spiller in that way. Um, yeah, and again, usage in, in college, I think is going to be a big question with him. So I think he, again, he has a lot of questions. We really have no answers right now, but just based on pure talent, he's a top three or four back in this class. So I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt here, even though we haven't seen him at all and take him at the one at the two Oh four. Yeah, no, I, that's, that would be the next running back that I would take there. I just, I just don't love it. Um, you know, I, he, like I said, we don't know if he can catch passes. He's not a high-end athlete. He's going to be splitting that backfield with Achain this year. Le'Veon Moss is there as well, who's a guy that I like. Uh, very, very similar skill set to LJ Johnson. So it helps LJ Johnson that he is ahead of him. He has an extra year in the system. But, you know, if Le'Veon Moss ends up showing out just a little bit better, uh, I could see that being just kind of a messy and annoying situation. But he has a lot of talent. Um, Moss is another guy, though. I think athletically is going to check out really similarly. Mm-hmm. He might not yeah. quite have to frame those guys. Do I'd, I'd be interested to see what he ends up weighing in at? Mm-hmm. Um, it, they have a type there. They, they really, do. really do. They, they, their quarterback. They, they don't. They don't want the guy to be able to throw it well at all. They don't <laughs> want to develop any of the receivers there, and then their running backs have to be slightly too slow to be high-end prospects, but still really good toting the ball and, and probably decent pass catchers too. They, they've got it narrowed down to a science there. Definitely going to win do. a national championship there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at that recruiting class. How can they not? Yeah. Um, This is, yeah, as uh, this is getting really interesting here as we're getting into the, the middle of the second round here. Um, Give me Tyler Buckner here. Buchner, Buckner, um, QB, from Notre Dame. Uh, he is a guy who has a lot, a lot of tools. He had, I think he has a very high ceiling. The problem is in high school, he what missed his sophomore year due to injury, played his junior year, and then missed senior year to COVID, or flipped those first two. He played really well sophomore year injured junior year, missed senior year for COVID. I'm not exactly sure which you're one. Doing, of you're is. doing great, sweetie. You're doing Thank great. You. Not that. exactly sure which one, one of it is, but he missed two years um, of high school for various reasons. But man, he is athletic. He has a really nice arm. And I do think Notre Dame is actually going to unleash him a little bit more than what we're, what we've been used to seeing from Notre Dame quarterbacks recently. Um, Tommy Reese is still there as the offensive coordinator, but gone is Brian Kelly. And we saw Notre Dame's offense 
throw the ball a ton in the bowl game against Oklahoma State. Now, you know, I, can we say that they're going to do that all year this year? Probably not. I think, you know, Jack Cohn threw for like 500 yards or something like that, over 500 yards, threw the ball a ton. You know, but I do think he's going to throw more than we've used to see, more than we are used to seeing. And if he can put those tools together, if he can get some development from Reese, he is a very high ceiling, and I'm happy to get him here in the middle of the second round. Yeah, he was my QB one in the class coming out of high school, and obviously, you know, Quinn Ewers reclassifying uh, <laughs> changes that calculus, and, and Caleb Williams learning uh, how to hit the broadside of a barn quicker than I imagined uh, has changed some of that calculus. <laughs> but, but really, you know, in terms of upside, I think he's up there with either of those guys. I'm interested to see if they'll unleash him at Notre Dame this year. It's I, I'm maybe I'm too optimistic on that front, but I really think it's it's possible that they do that. Um, so, all right, so. I guess I have to go with a guy that I've watched very little of. This is a risky pick. I haven't watched much of him yet. Bo Collins. Clemson is a guy that sight unseen. I'm buying a decent amount of this offseason, especially at his current ADP uh, in campus to Cantons. He's going in like the end of the fifth round. I really like that. He could be the wide receiver one at Clemson this year. And if, they have the balls to bench DJU and, and put a real quarterback in there. Um, then he could be cooking. The, the kid is is big. He's fast. Is he a separator? I don't really know. And I think that's going to end up being kind of the big question for him. But he came on down the stretch last year for Clemson and really kind of established himself as their wide receiver one. Uh, in their final few games. He's listed at like 6'3", 200-ish. I think he's listed just below that. 31 catches as a true freshman, 407 yards, three touchdowns. Um, crosses Jarek's magic line on a lot of the data tools at campus to Canton. Um, and, and look down the stretch, Colin. He really kind of stepped up starting at the Louisville game, went 6 for 104 and a touchdown in that one. Uh, the next week against UConn, where they basically played like the most vanilla offense ever, he went five for 40 in a touchdown. Then he went four for 137 in a touchdown against Wake Forest. And then a couple of stinkers to end the year, two for nine and three for 20. Um, but within the confines of that offense, he had, had a very nice way to dominator, um, very nice yards per team pass attempt. Um, I think, and I've been alerted to this, that EJ Williams had a broken thumb basically all year. So I'm interested to see how that, dual shakes out for the wide receiver one there um but i i i think bo collins can do it i think he's got all the athletic tools that you want and i think you know he wins deep which is a thing that you want to see some of these big guys really really do so i'll take him and hope that he develops the intermediate and short game a little bit more yeah why not yeah i think that's a great pick there um you know high upside guy um i i think i gotta i gotta do the I got to pull the trigger here on this guy. I was kind of going back and forth and I, I don't love it. Um, but give me Brock Bowers here. Okay. Um, tight end Georgia just led Georgia in wide res- in receiving, you know, he had a phenomenal year here. Um, you know, I, I don't love taking a tight end in, in a, in a draft like this. Um, you know, but I'm kind of running out of guys here and give me the top tight end the pretty clearly the top tight end um in this class and you know he's going to put together i think by the time he leaves school i think he's going to put together one of the better 
uh, tight end production profiles that we've seen in a while. This guy's very athletic. Um, we need to see him add a little bit of weight. Um, right now, you know, there's some question marks as to whether he could potentially play in line at the next level. I think he probably could do it, but he doesn't have the best size. Um, and he's not going to be able to put on, he's likely not going to be able to put on a lot of that weight because he just had uh, shoulder surgery recently here. So he's going to be out for pretty much the whole spring, but that production profile, that athleticism coming from Georgia, I think it's something to bet on here in the middle of the second. Yeah, and I don't have as many concerns about some do as like I think he will eventually get to an acceptable weight threshold. I think he he touches two fifty. I think he he has the frame for it. I don't know um, why that that scares some people off. I guess you know until you've seen him do it, it, it's always a question. But I don't I don't question that about him. I really think he can get up very very close to that, and his athletic profile beyond that is going to be strong enough that I think it's fine. He doesn't need to be two sixty five. He doesn't need to be a monster. Um, he just needs to be big enough. I think he can definitely get there. Um, and he's going to be featured at Georgia. Like I think at this point, it's pretty well established yeah. that that he will be the guy. Uh, him and Lad McConkey for forever. <laughs> um, all right, so I guess it's back to me, huh? What are we at the one oh one oh eight? Hmm. <laughs> I Two. don't. Two oh eight. I'm uh, sorry, two oh eight. I don't like any of my options here. Do, 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 mm -hmm. do. It's getting it's it's thinning out a little bit here. Let's go. Let's go with a weird one. Let's get I weird, Colin. Let's go Montreal Johnson. Ooh, okay. You think I was gonna go there? Um, not necessarily, but I know he's a guy that you're very high on. Um, he's a guy that I've been taking in uh it's if I've taken him like at least twice in the most recent mocks that we've done. So I don't hate this. Um, I think Alfred has kind of convinced me on him a little bit. You know, Alfred, one of the, the founding guys here at Campus to Canton, uh, Florida fans. I know he doesn't listen to the show, so I will yeah, never worry about this it. to him, and he will never find out that I've said this. That he's kind of convinced me. <laughs> on this is a running trope that I think every we've had week. on every week. You and mentioned it what? on Debbie debate. <laughs> He hasn't said anything yet because he doesn't listen to the show. So um, if you're listening, don't at him. We want to see how long, long we can, can get go this with and go. this. <laughs> so or you can year, at him and just throw some eye emojis out there. You'll never know. Um, so 14 games last year, obviously, with head coach Billy Napier, who he's, he followed from Louisiana over to Florida. Uh, true freshman year, 838 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's listed at 210. Do I quite believe that? No, but I think he is over 200 pounds, so he just needs to gain a few more. He's a pretty darn good athlete, and he was probably too good of a player to end up at UL in the first place. I believe he was like the 38th ranked running back in his class or something coming out of high school. So, you know, it's not like he was some obscure guy living in the swamp down in the South that got plucked out of there and, and went to UL and, and did a few things. Cause it was a small school. I think he's a legitimate prospect. Is he a good receiver? I don't know. And I don't know that we'll ever know that like until he leaves college. I, I, I don't know exactly um, if we'll have that information, but I think he can rush for 1200 ish yards this year at Florida. I think they're just going to try to, you know, establish the run. 
and he's going to be a big part of that. He's the biggest, best back on their roster, and he's got in the coach likes him. Like I, it's a good recipe for success there. I'll, I'll, I'll bank on him, and and if you know he's the guy at Florida for a couple of years here, that's probably getting you sneaking into late day two there without an issue. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. I think that there's definitely going to be a committee in Florida because Billy Napier's offenses always have committees. So you have to be prepared for that, but that doesn't mean he's not going to have good numbers and be productive in that committee and likely be the lead back in that committee. Um, man, this is making this, this, this is tough here, making this tough. Um, it's my job. Give me, hmm. Give me Travion Cooley here. Ah, okay. I uh, he's a guy that we've been pretty high on at the site as well. He was a four-star back uh, in last year's class. Went to Louisville. Uh, kind of got buried on that depth chart. You know, they had some guys ahead of him. Um, Jalen Hall or Mitchell, Jalen Mitchell, Jalen Mitchell, Jalen Hall's uh, wide receiver, um, Jalen Mitchell. You guys even going to mess you up even more what the other back's name was. I'm pretty sure it was Hassan oh, Haskins. Yeah. Oh, Hassan Hall. That's I was to say Hassan Haskins. No, <laughs> Jalen Mitchell, Hassan Haskins, Hassan Hall uh, buried. So he coolly was buried on that depth chart a little bit. Uh, one of them's gone, but they also bring in Tyon Evans from Tennessee so I think he could be still looking at a similar situation as last year, but I think he's just more talented than all of those other backs on that roster there. So I think he he will rise to the top of that committee. You know, I like his skill set a lot here. I think his best case scenario is probably late day two guy. Um, but I, I can see him hitting that. I like his skill set a lot. He catches passes well. Um, he's a solid athlete, smooth mover. So give me Cooley. Hmm. I don't know that I would have done that. Um, I'm struggling here, man. I just, you're struggling. There's, there's, there's still some meat on the bone here, Colin. This is, it's a talented, talented class. It's a very talented class, but we're at like 20, 20. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like your opinion, man. Um, <laughs> so, I actually am a little surprised that I've let him get this far, but this is where he falls in in the rankings here. So I got to stay on brand. I'm going to go Lorenzo Styles, mm, uh, right? Wide receiver, Notre Dame, and this is almost sight unseen. You know, we really he he got some snaps and stuff, but really the bulk of why we like Lorenzo Styles is because of that bowl game in which he just put up absolutely monstrous stats there uh in the big bull win 24 catches on the year 344 yards and a touchdown and again a lot of that came in that bowl game eight for 136 and one so you know a third of the receptions a third of the basically a third of his production on the year uh came in that one game but kevin austin leaving the the the, the alpha wide receiver position there is open kyron williams a major factor in that passing game gone as well it'll be mayor probably Chris Tyree and probably Lorenzo Styles. If I had to guess the leading three receivers on Notre Dame last year, and it wouldn't shock me if Styles ends up leading 
in all categories except for maybe touchdowns. I just think he's that level of player. He's a really good athlete. I think he's a sub four five kid. He's got a nice size, six one, one eighty five ish. That's like perfect, right in the middle of the the spectrum there. Really, really like that. Um, I, I just I I like how this kid plays, and I would have you know laughed at you if you said that about a Notre Dame wide receiver last year. But um, no more Brian Kelly there to hold some of these kids back. We'll see if they're a little less conservative uh, with unleashing it a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, so give me, give me styles here, um, as my, my Homer, <laughs> not Homer, but you know, pound of the table pick, he's going to be my guy all off season. I'm going to be aggressive getting him. I'll take him here at the, the two ten. Yeah, no, I think that's a good spot for him. Um, but you said it's relatively sight unseen here, you know, definitely have some question marks about Notre Dame developing wide receivers. But I think that that is part of why we haven't seen any of the quartet of LSU guys go off the board here yet um, is because of Brian Kelly's history with wide receivers. Um, you know, the, there could be one guy who's productive there, but there's not very often two in Brian Kelly offenses. And all four of the LSU wide receiver guys, you know, have something to like about them. Uh, and I just, I don't want to play that guessing game. You know, I would rather miss on one of them uh, than have a 25% chance to hit on one of them. So I would rather miss out on the one that hits than take a 25% chance of getting that one right, if that makes sense. Um, so my last pick here, um, this is, yeah, this is kind of getting tough, kind of getting down into the, into the nitty gritty. There's two guys I'm considering here. Um, I'm just going to take the, uh, I'm going to take the one at the better position. I'm going to take Sam Heward here, quarterback for Washington. Um, he was the number one. Um, was he the number one? He was number one pro style. And then did they like merge pro style and dual threat last year on 24 seven and then Caleb Williams jumped him. Is that what, ha is that how that shook out? I, uh, I don't really know. Hmm. Uh, he was at one point in time, I believe he was listed as, as the quarterback one in the class last year is what I'm driving at anyway. Um, you know, he did not look very good in that one game that he got in. Uh, it took him all year to get in, but that offense was just abysmal. So I'm not really holding that against him, but in comes Kalen DeBoer uh, from Fresno State, who is kind of a quarterback whisperer. He made Michael Penix look good in one year at Indiana. Uh, he has turned Jake Hayner into somebody who gets some draft buzz outside of Felix circles. Um, you know, so I think he can do the same thing with Sam Heward. Sam Heward, definitely not a mobile guy. Uh, gets most of it done with his arm, but I think he has great anticipation. I think he throws the ball really, really well, um, particularly in the intermediate areas of the field. Um, you know, so we'll see how he does this year here, but he is really the last quarterback on the board that I could see potentially getting taken at this point in time in the first round. Um, I don't think it's there, there's some other guys who have some potential, but there's a lot of other bigger question marks with those guys than I have with Heward. So give me Heward. 
All right. And so then with Mr. the mystery relevant pick here, 212, I'm going to take Alton McCaskill, running back Houston. Um, I think people that are really sure about Alton McCaskill, I think, are probably a little too a little ahead of themselves. He's got he's 6'1, 200, you know, and I think he can get up to 210 pretty easily. The thing about him that made him such a, a CFF and C2C darling last year um, as a true freshman was that he scored an inordinate amount of touchdowns. He scored 16 touchdowns on the year uh, on only 189 carries. Like he he, he scored a lot, um, which, you know, you're saying, well, you're knocking him for scoring. It's like, no, but he's not going to continue that pace. I feel pretty darn good about uh, projecting that. Um he got pretty lucky with some of that last year, but I do really, I think he's very well-rounded almost a thousand yards on the year. He had 21 catches and a couple of touchdowns. Like I think he, he's truly a, a three down threat. Um, I want to just see him bulk a little bit. I want to see him play with a slightly lower pad level, be a little more physical, but I think all the tools are there. And I think he can be a day two running back. I'm interested, you know, hopefully he, ends up being a three-year guy since he's a Houston and not a four-year guy. Um, but but I, I really do like him a lot. I think he's he's got the size, the hands, the the speed. We'll, we'll see what he develops into. Yeah, no, I like Alton McCaskill there a lot too. Um, you know, G5 guy. So that's where you see a little bit of a concern. You know, he's the only G5 guy to come off the board here. But no, I like him. All right. So just to uh, wrap this thing up, uh, second round here, guys. Two hundred one, Emeka Buka, wide receiver, Ohio State. Two hundred two, Devin Neal, running back, Kansas. Two hundred three, uh, Mario Williams, wide receiver, USC. Two hundred four, L.J. Johnson, running back, Texas A&M. Tyler uh, Buckner, QB, Notre Dame at the two hundred five. Bo Collins, two hundred six, wide receiver at Clemson. Two hundred seven, Brock Bowers, tight end, Georgia. Two hundred eight, Montrell Johnson, running back, Florida. 209, Travion Cooley, running back from Louisville. 210, Lorenzo Styles, wide receiver, Notre Dame. 211, Sam Heward, quarterback, Washington. And then bringing it home, Alt McCaskill, running back, Houston at the 212. So, okay, guys. So we'll post a poll on Twitter here which squad ended up being better. Um, I think it's obviously me, but, um, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll let the people choose. We'll, I, I have a very strong feeling that I'm going to win this one. Oh, do you know? I have a lot of bigger, I have a lot bigger names on my list. Okay. Mario Williams, Brock Bowers being second round, being picked that late in the second round, I think help. Cool. I'm just, 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 just a feeling. Just a feeling. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Well, we'll we'll test that theory, Colin. We'll see. Um, two freshman profiles tonight, guys, as promised, uh, two very highly rated guys here. I'm surprised we hadn't done either of them yet. So yeah, we, sometimes we go a little bit too far down the board, get a little bit too in the weeds. You go a little too far down the board, Colin. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But you know, so we got to touch on some of the top end guys here. Um, so I'll go first with my guy, uh, Devin Brown quarterback going to Ohio state out of uh, Corner Canyon, Utah, QBHS, can't call it QBU, QBHS, um, four-star guy, and he's 6'2 and a half, 196, so he's a little bit lanky, but there's room to fill out. I don't think that's going to be an issue, uh, but Devin Brown went to 
the same school as Jackson Dart and Zach Wilson. So the stat that I'm going to read off is a little bit more impressive. He set the uh, Utah single season record for yards uh, this past year with 4,881 through 57 touchdowns, uh, completed 68% of his passes. Um, you know, dude was just productive. He has a really nice arm. Uh, he's got a nice fastball, throws it in the intermediate area. He puts um, nice touch on deep balls. He can very easily heave it down the field. As you have pointed out a few times on the show, he has probably the nicest throw in the entire class. Ain't no probably <laughs> about it. It is <laughs> hands down, without a doubt, 100% the best throw in the whole class. Yes. <laughs> Um, he also has good maneuverability in the pocket. He feels the rush. Um, he's elusive. He evades the rush all while keeping the eyes downfield. He's a good athlete. He can pick up chunky yards uh, with his legs if he has to, but he's definitely not a player that you design runs for. And he is not afraid to take a hit when running, but maybe he should be uh, at the college level. You know, maybe learn to get down a little bit so he can preserve himself. Uh, but he's kind of, He's kind of a gunslinger, uh, definitely not afraid to throw the ball into tight windows. Uh, he'll throw a wide receiver open if he has to. He's good mechanics, uh, quick compact release, good footwork in the pocket. Uh, he throws from a nice base, throws from different arm angles. He throws off platform very well, moves through progressions well, too. He's willing to move off of his for first read. He doesn't force it. He's solid ball placement, uh, but it can certainly improve. You know, sometimes he puts the ball where only his wide receiver can get it. It's an absolute dime, like the throw that you were talking about. Other times, uh, it's a little bit off. Some wide receivers have to have to adjust to the ball. So you just got to clean that up a little bit. Um, he shows good flashes of touch, but I think he relies on his fastball a little bit too much at times. But overall, he has very good tools. Uh, he's going to a school that has shown to produce quarterbacks consistently. He's going to sit this year behind C.J. Stroud. Uh, you know, and then I feel pretty confident that he would beat out Kyle McCord if Kyle McCord does stick around at that point. Uh, but he's pretty much the heir apparent at Ohio State at this point, And that is never a bad position to be. So I think he's a quarterback with a high ceiling and a high floor. Uh, he has since moved up to the QB two in the class for me. Uh, it was Drew Aller, Gunnar Stockton, Devin Brown, but uh, I couldn't keep Devin Brown behind Stockton any longer. Um, and, and I believe what you moved him up to your QB one, correct? He's my QB one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we are very high on him. Yeah. It feels exactly like CJ Stroud felt like coming out of uh, high school. Like it feels like almost the exact same thing, you know, kind of a big rise as a senior ends up, you know, committing to Ohio state. And I think, is the heir apparent there? Like I, I, I have a really hard time believing Kyle McCord stays there. I really, really do for the next couple of years. Even if he does, Devin Brown's a better player. <laughs> Matt Bruning does listen to the show, so he so will he be will. checking in with us tomorrow. Yes, um, one of the guys here at Campus Camp for those that don't know him at Sports Fanatic MB on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I, I, I Devin Brown's my QB one. I like him a lot. I, I'll probably end up having a lot of him this year in drafts although he's going really early Makes he's going earlier sad. and earlier and earlier yeah bunch of poop i got branson robinson running back from georgia my guy tonight 
Um, I think everybody kind of knows Branson Robinson, even if you're not a big Debbie guy. I mean, obviously everybody listens to this show probably is, but I mean, cause everybody has seen that picture of him, uh, that was taken at a rivals camp, um, where his arms are bigger than my torso. Um, and everyone <laughs> says that he's on roids. Um, that's just, he is a, an enormous a, human being. Everyone knows him. Yeah. 5'10, 220. This kid, he could have played in college two years ago with, with his build. Like it's just a fact. Um, top five kid in the class at the position, high four star kid, um, going there to Georgia. I mean, he reportedly has a four four nine forty. Do I believe that? Probably not. But I think he is a pretty good athlete, especially for that two twenty. He's got very quick feet. Um, he's he's obviously very very strong. You know, contact balance plays low to the ground, tough to bring down. Um, obviously, you know, with a kid that size, there are a lot of plays of him just kind of dragging guys in <laughs> high school, 5, 10, 15 yards, because he's just bigger, faster, stronger than you. But I think he's a good runner, too. You know, he's shown flashes of understanding how to kind of uh, allow blocks to develop and how to set them up himself. He's got a little bit of wiggle in the open field. I don't think that's ever going to be a, a necessarily huge strength of his, but, you know, he's not a, a nothing there either. He is for his size, a much more flexible player than like a Braylon Allen is. Uh, I think that's kind of what separates uh, when you talk about some of these guys uh, that are a little bit bigger, kind of that hip flexibility. I think he he is definitely less stiff than you would expect. Um, but I think going to Georgia there where they have a history of producing some bigger backs, people want to compare him to Nick Chubb. I don't think he's quite the runner that Chubb is, and I don't think he'll end up ever being that kind of athlete. You remember Chubb had injuries in college but he is like a legit like low four fours guy. I think if he's like fully healthy and nothing ever, you know, those injuries never really rack up. I don't think Branson Robinson ever gets quite to that level, but he's a very good back in his own right. I think he can go to Georgia this year and probably get a few touches there behind uh, Kendall Milton behind uh, Dewan Edwards um, and um, uh, Kenny McIntosh is still there as well, I believe. Um, but I think he can carve out a little role. I am still hesitant. Like I think there are some issues there. Um, is he more AJ Dillon? Like I think that is a concern. There, there is some place from high school where he kind of gets to the line of scrimmage. If you kind of make him go east, west, and less north, south to start off a run, I think he does struggle at times. So he's going to need to clean that up. Um, but George is a good place for him, you know. So we'll we'll see what he does um, there. I think you know you're taking him round one. He's a tier one running back for me. He's my RB three. You're taking him first round of your drafts this year. Uh, for for freshman drafts, um, if 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 that's if you have one going on, that that's where you're going to need to take him if you want him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's a high profile guy. Like you said, as people have seen that um, that picture on Twitter, so there's not really any sneaking this guy by. Uh, not like the other guy who's going to Georgia, who was flying under the radar, now is definitely not. Uh, now he's one of everybody's favorites, Andrew Paul. That's something that gives me a little bit of pause with Branson Robinson. I think Branson Robinson is a better player than Andrew Paul, but I like Andrew Paul a lot too. Not that Georgia can't support two very good running backs. Uh, they have definitely done it before, but that just kind of limits his uh, CFF ceiling. So you got to hope he hits the Debbie potential if you're going to take him where he has to, where he has to go. Yeah, not... I, I think there are more questions there than people want to mm -hmm. admit. Right, but 
Yeah. But I, I like him. Uh, he's also my RB3. So I like him. That's going to do it for tonight's show. There it is. I thought you might have another full thing to add there, Colin. You mm-hmm. look like you were going to talk. Um, yeah, so that's tonight's show. Be sure, guys, to check out everything that we have going on over at Campus to Canton. We've recently announced our freshman supplemental guide that's coming out. $20 by itself, or it'll be uh, free for members, uh, for year-long members to the website. So uh, for $29.99, obviously, you can get uh, the guide tossed in there with you. Um the podcast channel guys make sure you're checking out all the shows the schedule for the off season here is finally established chasing the natty cff show with cff jared uh on mondays obviously this show here on tuesdays debbie debate wednesdays and then thursdays fridays uh, future freshman podcast a new show with brandon sanders at cff university and then kenton bound the nfl portion of the podcast we've got the daily draft report on there right now as well um, a, a daily 10 to 15 minute show hosted by our very own Dwight Peebles, where he has a different guest on every week and, or every day. And they discuss a different prospect as they lead up to the NFL draft, uh, offensive and defensive guys. Uh, so a nice quick hitter there. The YouTube channel, guys, we have college football filtered our morning show that happens every morning right around uh, 730, I believe, with Chris Moxley goes live. And then it, it obviously is hanging out uh, on YouTube for you to go view at a later hour if you are like me, who is not awake yet. Um, we've got the official, a new recruiting show, uh, with, we've got so many shows with Alfred and so David and Matt, um, uh, at, at solving football at big wide receiver guy and at Alfred JF, uh, looking at recruiting, maybe from a little more of an analytical lens, but they, they do talk tape and, and production and everything as well. So that's a really, really cool show, uh, that just started. We've got, and speaking of that show guys on this week's, uh, episode, they are giving away the signed JSN Jersey. Um, that that we, we did the promotion for around Valentine's Day. Um, so if your name was on there, we'll we'll tweet it out as well and, and post it in the Discord. But but they are going to be giving that jersey away. Um, check out everything else at the site. I mean, I don't know what else we got to tell you. There's all sorts of player data tools. We've got articles. We've got ADP. We've got rankings constantly updated. Um, I don't know what else I want to tell you guys. Just go go do it all. Go do it all. Sign do it up. All. Join us. We talked about earlier. Get the promo code C2C. Go win some money on prize picks. You get all that stuff. Um, Good deal. That's all I got. Uh, Until next time, guys. I'm Austin. And this is Colin. Have a good one.